You're at the Coaching Inn, 3D Coaching's virtual pub where we enjoy conversations with people who are engaged in the world of coaching. So good evening, everyone, and uh, welcome. Welcome to the Coaching Inn. And if you've been here before, you'll have heard my voice welcoming you. If you haven't been here before, you're probably thinking, what is he talking about? My name's Alan Guile, and the Coaching Inn is our charming, convenient, imaginary wayside stopping point where if you pull up an imaginary chair by the fireside, you can hear the very best of conversations about the world, the art, and the science of coaching. This autumn evening, it's as if we've pushed all the furniture aside, out of the way, so as to cram as many people in as we can for an event, a book launch. And because this is a pub, and uh, because a book launch is something of a party, I hope that you have a drink to hand, as I do. Not least because before the end of this evening, there's going to be a toast, but that is for later. We've gathered in the coaching in tonight to overhear and to join in a conversation with three of the outstanding coaches of our age. Lucia Baldelli, MCC, will be known to many of you here. She's very much a coach's coach, working to help those of us who have coaching conversations with individuals and teams to drive consistent, indeed outstanding results, and to help us to amplify our impact. For her, as she says, seeing ourselves as a work in progress and bringing our humanity into the coaching room is the goal. And this evening, we'll be able to hear how that thinking has found fresh expression in the book we've come together to celebrate. Claire Pedrick, MCC, describes herself as a business owner, a mother, a friend, a volunteer, and is a hugely experienced coach whose ambition is to be as simple and humane in her coaching encounters as is possible. She's a published author and the creator of this coaching in, in which we're all sitting, and her current focus is developing internal and external coaches through training, masterclasses, and mentoring. Oh, and I should mention she likes walking too. If some of you have driven to the coaching in this evening, Claire has undoubtedly walked here but she may say more about that later. Engaging our co-authors in conversation this evening is a third outstanding coach, Karen Foy, MCC. You notice the theme emerging, but I'll say a bit more about her in just a few minutes. Before then, and because in England, pubs and inns are places to strike up conversations with complete strangers, I thought it would be good if we started by saying hello to one another. Brief introductions in some smaller groups, probably groups of four or five people. Now, with four minutes or so to play with, that means introductions will need to be swift. But those of us used to coaching know just how much can be achieved in a whole four minutes. So, who are you? Where have you come from tonight? And what brings you here? If in a moment you'd like to meet your fellow guests, please accept the invitation that's about to pop up on your screen by clicking join. And if, like me, 
you're a huge introvert and would rather do anything than speak to complete strangers, you can use the next four minutes or so to grab yourselves a drink before we all come back together. So we'll see you very shortly. So welcome back. In our little room, we were saying just how excited we are to be here. And I sense from some of the messages that are popping up on the screen that that's a sentiment shared by many of us tonight. Whatever you were saying, I hope that started a conversation and who knows, established new contacts and friendships. And let's now continue that process if we may. Let me just say one very practical thing. As we listen to the conversation that's about to happen, I know that lots of really interesting questions will occur to you. And when they do, what we'd like you to do, if you will, is to type them into the chat and we will, behind the scenes, gather them up and then we'll bring them back a bit later into the proceedings. So type into the chat and Sue and I will work our magic in the background. I've already said a little bit about our authors, Lucia and Claire. Tonight, we are really fortunate to have a third MCC, Master Certified Coach, with us, Lucy Foy, the Programme Director of the Professional Certificate in Executive Coaching course at Henley Business School, a respected coaching psychologist, a past chair of Doncaster Mind, with vast experience of working in the NHS and in the corporate sector as an executive coach. She helps individuals and teams to build confidence, resilience, motivation, and to drive success. And therefore, I can think of no one better to lead us into tonight's exploration of the human behind the coach. So without any further ado, Lucy, over to you. Or even Karen. <laughs> I think um, my name got a little bit mixed up there, but I quite, like, I quite like Lucy. So Actually, I'm Lucy's quite nice. You look a bit like a Lucy, but there we are. Karen for now. There we go. Yeah, I, I don't mind. I'll answer to anything. Thank you so much. And it's so lovely to be here. And it feels such an honour and a privilege to be able to interview um, my lovely friend, Claire Pedrick and Lucia and, uh, you know, and just celebrate this book being launched. So I'm going to ask a few questions for a little while now. Can I just do this interview? These questions are based on some of my own inquiries I'm really interested in, but also people have been sending some uh, questions in saying, if you're going to be interviewing, please ask this question. So let's see where we get with it. I mean, first and foremost, I'd really love to know, and I think everybody else would, how did this, um, how did this book come about as a joint en endeavor? How did it start in your mindsets? And, um, what about Lucia? Do you want to start with that? Yeah, sure. Uh, we met during the first lockdown. Uh, it was back in 2020, so nearly three and a half years ago. I uh, reached out to Claire for some mentor coaching because I was working on my MCC at the time. And uh, we had some conversations, some deep, deep conversations. And the focus of these conversations were in initially about um, mastery. And what mastery meant in each of the core competencies of the ICF, because, of course, we were using those as a reference. And as we were exploring that, we dive deeper into what needed to be different within ourselves in order to be able to be um, to be artful, to be to demonstrate these competencies in the coaching room. And um, 
And then one day, I, I think I wrote an email to Claire. I don't remember how this was communicated, but the story is in the introduction of our book. Um, I, I mentioned something about the core qualities that I wanted to explore the core qualities we need to cultivate to, to be able to demonstrate uh, these competencies in the room. And that was the first time, I think, that we talked about qualities. And I remember when we got together the, you know, the next time, Claire said, oh, yes, we should explore that uh, a bit deeper. And we started to shift from mastery towards something that is more about being artful, so being different in the room. And so the idea of the book became something else. And so, and it emerged again over a lot of conversations and we went deeper and and deeper as we went through. Great. Thank you. What about you, Claire? Because you have these ideas and the bounce off. What, what's, what do you want to pick up from that? Well, I'd written stuff down for something at some point. <laughs> um, and as soon as Lucia and I started working together, what was clear was that the work that we were generating was going to be, make a great book. Um, it's all in a folder somewhere, but we didn't draw on any of that in the final book at all. Because as Lucia said, we, we completely changed our minds on the way. Um, but it just felt like there there was need for a book to support people to think about how to become even better. But of course, better isn't more. Better is often less and different. Um, and yeah, so it was a work in progress for a long time. And we were really grateful to Alison Jones at Practical Inspiration for totally tolerating the fact that we didn't really know what we were doing until two years into the project after she'd given us a contract and the book didn't have a title or really that much shape. Um, Fabulous. So, yeah. <laughs> well, it's, we actually... Go ahead. Oh, no, please do. We actually had a title at some point, but we trashed it. We even bought a domain, a web domain. Yeah, we did. Called, yeah, called Growing Into Mastery, because that was supposed to be the title of our book. But we trashed it because the initial intention was to explore the competencies and what mastery meant. And so that's why we talked about mastery. But as our conversation unfolded, we realized that there was so much more to explore. That is more about who we are and what we bring to the room rather than, you know, mastery. Yeah. And it's really interesting. And I know we've had this conversation, but... Um, there's so many parallels with I'm also writing a book with with a colleague and we we laugh about this and Claire and I have laughed about this idea that uh, the muse is going around and you know we keep either picking it up and letting it go but this idea of mastery and we all keep getting to that place of it's not really mastery and so you trash that idea what was the point that um you kind of went no it's not mastery I think Claire observed once that we can listen to a recording that seems perfect as we read the transcript, but then as we listen to it, it's it just doesn't flow. So the sound and the words and the music, if we read it, it's fine, but if we listen to it, it doesn't. It's not it's not artful. Yeah. And so I think. Go ahead, Claire. Yeah, and it- you know, if mastery is all about good listening and good questions, actually it isn't because lots of people can ask good questions, but that doesn't make it artful. So 
So what we began to recognize was that what we were looking at was the in-between stuff. So the flow and the partnership and the connection. And Karen, I would like to publicly apologize that I wrote your book before you did. (laughs) (laughs) I am sure you did it far more beautifully, but... I love, I love, and I love that you you've got this concept running through about the the music and and even what you just said, Claire, about it's the notes in between sometimes that are the most important things, aren't they? And coming to that place, but yeah. And no, I have to no say apologies. thank you. I, I want to say I want we want to say thank you to. There are lots of people on this call that have been really fundamental to creating the book. Yeah. So Gary's here, who who really helped with the dancing stuff. Lucy Bolster's here who really helped with the music stuff. Um, Pim Witten's here who really helped with the words and the flow and all those things. So, and many others. Yeah. And that's the beauty of it in our community of all of these ideas coming together and somebody um, bringing that to life. And it's great that you've done that. The other parallel with, um, with, that I was thinking about was you did this beautiful retreat and I saw it on um, um, LinkedIn where you went off to Lake Garda at the time when Julia and I were sitting here in the Yorkshire Dales on our retreat and I was thinking mm, somebody's got it right <laughs> because Lake Garda sounded beautiful so just what are some of the highlights from your uh, writing retreat there? Well I'm going to go with the low light first. Oh, So we thought that well the highlight was that we met in person for the first time that was amazing uh and of course it's a beautiful place and it was a beautiful it was just a very great place to be creative the low light was we thought we were bringing it together for the last bit and what we realized was that we had to really drill in in a different way so it was much harder work than we expected I think (laughs) yeah Fabulous. Lots of work. And maybe a funny story about it uh, is that we had to go through an exercise that I never thought we would have done. Um, so Claire, after we completed the tidy up and we reviewed the draft of all the chapters, we came to a point where we were happy. Uh, we took them to print and with paper and scissors, we chopped the whole book into pieces. <laughs> And that was because we had to decide where to plug the exercises and see where they fit. And so it was like we had pieces of paper all over the the house. It was just incredible, uh, but very creative. And it was very generative. So that that was another highlight for me. Yeah, I had to persuade Lucia that cut and paste meant scissors. And then I had to get the scissors through customs, through the security at the airport. Um, they were a kind of essential part of the kit. But the most extraordinary thing was that we were in this very isolated part of Lake Garda and they had a print shop. So that was good. Wow. Yeah. I, I thought it sounded very clear that you'd taken your scissors and actually done a cut and paste, not just a... Scissors a, and tape. Yeah. If anyone's writing a book, that's my top tip. Absolutely. That's fantastic. And I'm sure all of us on the call are really interested in this idea of uh, the humanity of coaching. And, you know, you've talked about it as that dance, that music, all of that. And we got a lovely question from somebody asking us. So so is this about being human and yourself or is it about being human and yourself only better? So 
What's your thoughts on that, Claire? Well, we have conversations with people who are thinking deeply about themselves and being vulnerable and all of those good things. And I think there's a real danger that we over it that it it accidentally looks as though we're over professionalized and it becomes I'm somebody who's sorted helping somebody who's not sorted. Mm. And that just doesn't work. It doesn't work because unless the person that I'm in in dialogue with understands that I too am human, there's a real invisible or maybe quite visible power imbalance. Yeah, yeah. I love that. There is something about certainly how I feel about it. If we don't do the work on ourselves and do all of that digging ourselves, how dare we ask anybody else to do that and sit alongside them? Yeah. Lucia, what about you? I think what this book does is, at least what I'm expecting that the readers will experience, is to look at their uh, coaching practice through different lenses because what I'm finding is when I talk about these qualities with other people, uh, as I'm running a research project on humility and supervision, as you know, they haven't thought about it. And so it's um, it it's helpful for them. It, it's helpful to increase self-awareness on what you're bringing to the coaching room so that you can intentionally be different. And if these qualities are not ours yet or need to be developed more, I think there's work we need to do outside of the coaching room to be able to bring them in the, in the coaching room. And that makes us, you know, better, better people as well. Yeah, great. And that kind of um, leads me to ask another question that, that somebody else um, put in. And that's, what are you hoping or what's your dream about what this book will do for people in the coaching world? What do you hope it's going to inspire people or uh, unleash in people? Yes, should I answer? Yeah, why not? Uh, so the personal journey is one thing. So looking at yourselves, um, at your practice and how you're demonstrating these qualities probably something that a lot of coaches haven't, haven't thought about or haven't reflected about. And there's lots of exercises in the book that help people do this, even, you know, uh, on their own or with a peer. But of course, this can be brought to uh, mental coaching or supervision. And the other thing is that I hope um, the books helps the coaching world shift a little bit more on the being of the coach rather than focusing on techniques and tools that yes, give us confidence and help us to a point. But if we want to grow beyond that, I think mm. we need something different. What's okay. your take on this? Yeah. Oh. And I do love that about the book that um, you've got the reflections all the way through. That's great. Claire, what about you? What What's your hopes for what it will do? Well, I've just seen that message from Catherine Lord. Thank you, Catherine, about I'm imagining that the book will be applicable to all human relationships, not just in professional yeah. coaching scenarios. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. I think one of the things that happens is that we think that in order to look professional, we need to do a lot of work. And then when we do a lot of work, actually what we're doing is we're stopping the other person doing work. 
so we get an imbalance in the in the in the conversation and so my hope is that people will feel free to get less anxious and to create more space mm. because I, I was running a course this morning for coaches based on the last book actually and um what was really interesting was that they were realizing that they don't need to occupy the whole space they can step back and they can by stepping back enable other people to do some really good and amazing work so we just want people to work less hard yeah (laughs) that'd be fantastic it's amazing and to every other job it's like work hard work hard and this one's do less uh just be impactful when you're doing it fab and is there anything that's changed in your either presence or who you are um from right from going through this experience Shall I go first? Hmm. You write the book you need to read, don't you? (laughs) (laughs) I think the thing that's been most extraordinary for me that's changed is it takes, you know, we've had to be courageous to write about courage. We've talked about vulnerability. We've talked about humility. We've talked about all kinds of qualities. And when my dad died three weeks ago, the thing that was most extraordinary was that I had to bring all of it into one place. Mm. Um, and my brother said, I don't know how you managed to do that. And actually what I realised was it was an opportunity to bring every single thing that I'd learned from work into my personal life. Mm. And I'm really, really, really grateful for the learning that, that enabled us to hold our nerve when our when our dad was dying and and we were on our own with him because we didn't have medics or anybody there and Mm. and it was like every chapter had its own little bit to taught us in that moment and that was a really beautiful thing oh I've got I've got shivers just hearing that and I know that this book's dedicated as uh to your dad as well um but wonderful that that it brought it to that really raw time where that courage and vulnerability was needed lovely what about you Lucia has anything changed for you or you've noticed well I guess the the big learning is the self-exploration and a new awareness about what's already there and what's need to be what needs to be developed um because we all are we all are not perfect and work in progress and so it's good to realize that and understand what needs to be grown to be able to support others better. Mm-hmm. And another great learning was connecting what's already there, so the qualities that I have developed at, at, to a point, to my life experience in the past. Mm-hmm. And so you, what you will read from, from both of us, uh, it's lots, lots of stories from our personal lives that got us to... Um, to learn more, to bring more of that competence quality in the coaching room. I just, I just love, I love what this is contributing to coaching. Oh, like you say, broader to just to life um, about not needing to be perfect. You know, that whole thing about thinking we've got it sorted, so we're okay. You know, I would never be a coach if that was the case, but um, yeah, just bringing your whole stories 
and that experience into to life. Yeah, wonderful. There's there's a question that I once it came in and I saw it and I think it was on LinkedIn we saw this from uh, Martina and Lindsay. I thought, oh, we've got to ask this one. It's so pertinent right now. There's so many discussions about AI and AI in coaching. And the, the question was, do you believe the human will ever become redundant in coaching? So this is all about humans and humanity. But will we be redundant as humans? No. Claire, what do you think? No. And the reason I... for that is that that AI can do really good transactional coaching. So it can ask all the good questions. It can it can listen to the answers and it can pretend it can mimic emotional intelligence, but it can't feel. And and it's the intangible connection that's the thing that that makes the work happen, I think. I did a, a coaching demo with a in a supervision group on Friday. Well, I did it wasn't a demo because one of them wanted to think about something. And um we barely spoke because she she described what she wanted. If you're here, I'm not breaching any confidentiality, because she said, I want that. And I know I'll I and I'll know I've got it because it will feel like this. Well, I don't think that AI would be able to know what to do with that. Mm. Then she went silent and I just went, how's your... And she went, I got one. Yeah. So there are things that AI can't do. So so some really good coaching will be able to be done at a transactional level in a really brilliant way by AI, but the human coach will still be really needed. I love um, because that seemed to take us right back to what you were saying right at the beginning about that music. It's the things in between that are less tangible. And um, I wrote a piece on this. Somebody asked me to write a piece on this and um, it made me laugh because I always have to go, you know, with my neurodivergence, I go different places. And so I started to think about Les Dawson and Morecambe and Wise, where they said about piano playing play all the right notes are just in the wrong order. And I think sometimes that's what happens with the AI kind of thing, that, yeah, it might be the right thing that we're doing, um, but not actually got that human um, piano player in the background. Mm. What about you, Lucia? What's your thoughts on will we become redundant? Absolutely not. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I I couldn't say it better than how Claire did it. I think connecting to the human enables greater death and that cannot be done by a machine, by AI. Um, There's been a research paper published lately about empathy in coaching and the importance of empathy uh, throughout the the coaching conversation as an enabler of greater death and trust. And so I don't think this can be achieved with artificial intelligence Wonderful. Thank you. I 
think at that stage, I can see some fabulous questions coming in. I've, I've kind of just started this. I've got loads more questions in the back of my mind, but I think we'll hand over and back. And can I just say thank you while I have got the space to say thank you and thank you for doing this book. It's amazing. And I've just been so privileged to just be on the sidelines watching it progress through. Um, and it's just a delight to be here to celebrate with you. So thank you for answering all of our questions. Thank you. Fantastic. So on behalf of everyone here, can I express my thanks, not to Lucy, but to Karen Foy and to Lucia and to Claire for what was a glimpse into a really engaging conversation. So we've already got a plethora of questions flooding in, so keep them coming in in the chat. Um, but before we get to them, in just a couple of minutes, we were hoping very much that the publisher, Alison Jones, would be able to be here in person, but she is in New York on business promoting this and other books. So here is now what she would have said if she'd been with us live. Hello, I'm Alison Jones and I am in the fortunate position of being the publisher of The Human Behind the Coach by Claire Pedrick and Lucia Baldelli. And I'm recording this for the launch, which I can't attend. I'm really sorry not to be here. I'm gonna be presenting this book and others to our US and Canadian sales reps. Uh, in New York City when you are meeting. So I hope it's going really well and you're having a great time. Um, I will be singing this book's praises along with, of course, all our other books as well. But I did want to just say a few words um, from my perspective about the book. So first of all, congratulations, Claire and Lucia. And secondly, thank you for being such wonderful authors to work with. I, I loved all our conversations. I love the journey that you went through, particularly finding the title, which I know took us a while, <laughs> but we got there. It's magnificent. Um, but I, I think the thing that really strikes me about having worked with you and also about the book itself is that it does what I always hope business books will do. It's not just informing people, although, you know, there is a lot of information in there. It's inviting them in and there is as many questions as there are statements and it's a co-creation with the reader of a transformation, which is what the whole book's about, so that makes perfect sense, but very few writers do it as naturally and as elegantly as you two do. So I'm really, really proud to have published it. I've enjoyed the process. I love everything about it. Um, I loved one of the things that you wrote in your, I think it was your preface, you said that um, the book was like a conversation, writing the book was like a conversation, and that has stayed with me. I love that idea that it's not just you know, you, you sit in a room and you shut the door and you write the book, it's actually moving you on in the process of mastery and of understanding uh, and articulating what it is that perhaps you sense and uh, and hadn't fully articulated before. So it's beautiful to have seen, you know, what it's meant to you as authors. And I know that it's going to be incredibly helpful to a whole generation of coaches and, and it will really move the discipline forward as well. So thank you. And to you who are listening, to you who have um, got a copy of the book, hope you bought one. That's fantastic. Um, obviously, it's very, very cheap at the moment when this goes out. So please, if you haven't got that Amazon 99 pence deal, grab it now. And for goodness sake, tell people because it's only for one day and they will not thank you if you, they realise that you didn't tell them. But once you have bought it and read it and absorbed it, please do leave a review. I know it's a bit of a faff, but it makes all the difference in the world because there are people who don't know Claire and Lucia but do need to read this book and it's only when they see the social proof of you saying 
oh my goodness, this is the best articulation of what I've known for ages without realising it, or whatever it is that you choose to say, uh, that they will take a punt on the book as well. And, uh, and of course they need to. So happy launch day to you, Claire and Lucia. Happy launch party to everybody else. And um, I'm off to New York now. See you soon. So, listener, thanks to Alison Jones for that. And we'll say a little bit more about the 99 pence uh, offer just a little bit later in this launch event. But I want to go now to some of your questions. Please keep them flooding in. Um, and I want to pick up on something that Alison said there, something she's observed about the creative process. And this is a question, I think, uh, on behalf of all of us, to both of you, Claire and Lucia. And this comes from Kate, the outdoors coach. Um, what did you bring individually to this process that complemented the other in this co-creative process? Anyone who knows me well knows that theory is my least favourite thing. So Lucia got me reading books, reading <laughs> more books, reading more books. We both read a lot of books. Never thought I would have to read that much to write one. So yeah, that was one, but it was, I think it was, uh, we, we had to read both a lot, even though you're more experienced and more knowledgeable than I am for sure. Um, I think we both brought stories from our past and lots of ideas. The, the beginning of the process was quite generative. And uh, I guess Claire brought a lot of her experience with uh, writing the first book, which I didn't have at all. So she led us when it was time to deal with the publisher and, you know, everything that was after the, you know, we finished writing, now we've got to publish it. And so, yeah, she brought that load of experience plus a few thousand hours of coaching more than myself, I guess. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I, think, I think what we brought particularly was was almost everybody here has been our teacher in some way or other. Yes, love it. And and so many different ways people have been our teacher. So this call I was on this morning, I, inside my book, it says second edition. Like you can't see it. It says second edition. Oh, well, never mind. It says second edition because I've already started making changes based on beautiful teachers everywhere we go somebody will teach us something you think oh yeah that needs to be changed or tweaked or developed or built on um so yeah um i'm hearing something there about desperation and people quite often speak about inspiration in the creative process but there's something about the deadline um there's a good question from terry here about clearly you both bring experience and knowledge can you say a little bit about what inspiration has felt like and has been like in the overall process of producing a book together? I'll go first. Yeah, go first. I need some processing. <laughs> I think there's been a lot about, about kind of getting an idea and then sitting with it and testing it out and being inspired by others and checking out with them and then them going, yeah, this is really, really useful. Um, so the music stuff, in part two about the sound of the conversation that was inspired by so many conversations and the dance that I mentioned earlier Gary Crotas who's on this call he you and I Gary have had so many conversations about Strictly and dancing and all of those things and actually we're only a 
very small distance into really understanding what impact knowing about dance can have um about in in relation to the coaching space so gary you've inspired me for sure and i would add uh i would add uh, books we've read that inspired us and they come from outside outside of the coaching space detoxio ego is one example um about and we mentioned we quoted in uh, in the humility chapter another example is um improve your life by pippa evans they're not coaching book at all but there was so much we learned from those about coaching that inspired us and so uh, and of course whatever happened in our lives so in our in the in our coaching practice that was enlightening for us and the thing that was such an amazing privilege is that many of these people then were really willing to have a dialogue with us. So Pippa Evans, we've had conversations with her. Um, we've had conversations with Catherine Mannix, who was a huge inspiration to anyone who's, re- who's read chapter one already. Uh, her, her thing from palliative care, we offer, they choose. That was hugely inspiring. Um, so, yeah. We've said a lot of times in the book, you know, everyone, every one of you is our teacher and everyone, every person we've coached has inspired us, every person we've supervised or mentored. Thank you very much. There's a little cluster of questions I've got written down here, which are all about the creative process. So just one more, a third one. And this is from Paul Taylor Pitt. Paul, thank you very much. And the question is this, were there insights from the process of writing together that informed your coaching or vice versa. I uh, you take this one. That's quite a question for Taylor Pitt. Um, <laughs> I think that we used. Co- I can remember when we were in um, in Lake Garda. We used some coaching to try and help us work out how we needed to move forward with the with the work with with the writing process. I think that probably there's been a lot. I, the thing the thing that struck me last night is that the first thing that I want to do now that the launch is over or in ten, not in 10 minutes, but what I want to do when the launch is over is actually to read it. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of work in the reading of it that's going to, you know, that's going to give some really good processing and exploration. So that's my thing for next week and i would add um when we reflect on our recording on our coaching um or we watch the recording of our students there's a lot of that there's a lot that comes from that as we explore those conversations through these lenses and so there's a learning that we can take forward, and I'm sure there will be more coming from uh, from the course that uh, will change our coaching because we keep on learning from our students and we have learned a lot during the writing of the book as well. Thank you both. Um, there's a beautiful observation from Nikki Chambers talking about the qualities, the human qualities that you identify in the book and that are really, in a sense, the backbone of the book. She says, if only these qualities 
could be sprinkled like fairy dust all over our world, a naive hope, she says. But um, Kim Whitten is keen to know, how did you drill down on those six qualities? How did they emerge as key themes in the book that you've written? Well, there were some that were quite obvious, because really without those, for example, vulnerability was one of those, uh, because we can't really invite people to be vulnerable if we're not willing to be vulnerable ourselves. And I guess the other one is um, humility. Yeah, not making it about us and being uh, equal partners to the person in front of us. Or another one is silence in different ways. It's, it's not just making silence, creating silence for someone else's reflection, but also arriving in silence or so making silence inside our heads to be able to focus on the person in front of us. Some of those were obvious. Uh, I guess some others came through conversations. Yeah, I think we dumped some. We dumped some, yeah. And um, and the distance chapter emerged really right at the last minute. Yeah. There were a number of things. One was a podcast with you, Catherine Sinjin Brooks where we were talking about distance in coaching. And then Lucia, it, that chapter, it was like lots of different things that we hadn't been able to name all came together in one place. And it became clear that the theme was distance. Um, so that was kind of a really fun chapter to write because, you know, when you're writing about silence, although we thought well, there was new stuff that emerged as we were thinking together, um, there was always going to be a chapter about silence. Whereas there wasn't always going to be a chapter about distance. And that was a real latecomer to the party. Yeah, we nailed that down in Lake Garda. So the very end. Yeah, yeah. And then even when we went for the second run, I think there were more. We added more. Yeah, we added more. Thank you. And then just to build on that, the, the concept of those six um, human qualities, uh, Manjit's asked a really interesting question about the impact of neurodivergence um, on the development of those human qualities. Do you have any sort of top of the top of the head reflections on the impact of neurodivergence? It's such a key theme in the worlds that many of us are working in at the moment. It may be a book coming soon. Uh -huh. <laughs> Um, it is a work in progress thinking about neurodivergence. I mean, one of the things that is emerging now is that it appears that I might be neurodivergent. So that's kind of interesting in terms of the process that we used to, to write together. I think, Manjit, you'll have to ask that in about six months. <laughs> okay, Manjit, you have to come back, okay? <laughs> oh, you will. I know that, Manjit. You'll be back. <laughs> it's an interesting question. I was speaking to a college principal this morning who said that 92% of the people enrolled in his course this year have a diagnosis of neurodivergence as they arrive for training. So it's wow. becoming a question that suddenly we're having to face into. It's really interesting. Here's a final one, I think. Catherine Lord, great question, a big question possibly to end with. Is there a philosophy that you have about humans, human beings, that influences you? We're all broken. And work in progress. And we're all robust enough as well. <laughs> or both of those. Okay. Great. 
I'm really grateful to all of you who've sent in so many questions. Sue and I have been sort of sorting away in the background, and we're going to make sure that we capture some really, really great questions and feed them back into our authors um, and into the output of this. However, it is 6.55 in London, and as the minute hand of thoughtful discussion moves inexorably towards the top of the coaching hour, and as the imaginary barmaid behind the elegant bar here in the coaching inn reaches up to ring the bell and to call time, ladies and gentlemen, please, on this gathering, it's my job to thank you all for being here this evening. But before I do, and before I propose a toast, which is a cue to you to reach for your glasses, and if you've drained them, to recharge them right now, can I remind you, as mentioned earlier, that there is a 99 offer on Kindle for one day only if you want to get your hands on the content of the book and a link magically has just appeared on your screens so that's a one day only um, offer so please get onto that straight away if like me you're an old-fashioned person and want a printed copy on which to scribble and funnily enough I already have mine here then there is also a link to that appearing in the chat. And third, whether you read an ebook or a printed copy, as Alison said, I want to encourage you, please, 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 to read the book and then to write a positive review to encourage others to read it. We live in a world in which we are overwhelmed by reading material, as any Amazon search of the words coach or coaching will immediately show you we are overwhelmed with choices. So we together want to help the world of coaches to read this book, which is so excellent and for which we are so grateful. And by reviewing it, push it up to the top of the bestseller list. Thank you all very much for your time. It's almost kicking out time here in the Coaching Inn. But before we go, can I encourage you to grab your glass and to raise it for a toast, which is to Lucia Baldelli, to Claire Pedrick, and to the success of the human behind the coach. Many congratulations. Cheers. 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 Hooray. Cheers. Cheers. Congratulations. Cheers. Can we say also thank oh. you to thank Alan, you. Sue, Rebby, and Karen that have supported us in this uh, party launch. Yes. Here's and our <laughs> Thank yes. you, everybody. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Congratulations. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. Bye. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, we'd love you to share the podcast with a friend or leave a comment on social media. And if you'd like to become a regular at The Coaching Inn, you can subscribe on Podbean and all major podcast channels. We look forward to welcoming you next time. You've been listening to The Coaching Inn, 3D Coaching's virtual pub. For more information, check out 3dcoaching.com.